Hello and welcome to this week's episode. My name is John, and I believe everybody has interesting stories to tell that can start with one question. What's your name? My name is Alan. Well, welcome, Alan, and welcome to this week's uh, or month or something episode of What's Your Name? Uh, Thank you for having me. <laughs> I guess just to kind of get right down to it, you want to just kind of introduce yourself a little bit? Oh, well, where do I start? Obviously, we know my name is Alan. Mm-hmm. I reside in the town, I will say, of Rockford, Minnesota. Technically, it's not a city because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. of the size. Um, originally from Plymouth, so right down the chute from here. And pretty much that's all I really say because I've lived other places in the middle of it. <laughs> kind of, but I always, I was like, Plymouth, move somewhere for a little period of time then back and then i've lived in different parts of plymouth Mm -hmm. but mostly as far as long-term residency it would be plymouth and rockford gotcha gotcha i did live in st paul for about a month at one point really well yeah and i just don't like the city so (laughs) why'd you end up moving out there uh gosh at the time it was uh, that was when i was working security Mm. in uptown so yeah, I was up to, I don't know how to describe it to other people. Up to and people who are listening to this probably know the difference between downtown Minneapolis and uptown Minneapolis. So when I was doing security down there, me and a bunch of my buddies who worked security there, we were like, oh, let's get a place, you know, somewhere closer to work. Because that's all we did for work at that point in time was just security Thursday through Sunday night mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in uptown at the bars and oh yeah my friend her name was michelle she lived in saint paul so it was actually on a not yeah summit right there on summit so there's grand and summit you know those two streets downtown saint paul so she lived she rented from a guy you know one of those big houses where he just rented out several rooms Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's basically like a mansion but rented out rooms and he the guy her landlord was renting out the downstairs so she was like well my landlord's renting out the downstairs. Why don't you guys move in there? And we were like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and then we rented for, we got there, rented it out. It was pretty expensive for what I was making because mm. I was in between the time to actually backtrack. That was when I was on a brief break from my job where I've actually, the company I've been with for actually 12 years with brief hiatuses in between, <laughs> but we'll get into that. <laughs> but. Yeah, and I was like, uh, I was like, this is not going to work because this is not very affordable for how much I'm making. And mm-hmm. then I went back to the company on top of the company I had been at before. So I went back to that and also did security. But then I just realized I did not like living in downtown St. Paul. Everything I wanted to do was closer to here, mm-hmm. Plymouth, and suburbs and all that, and Rockford, whatever. So kept my job at the other company that I went back to but at that time I was working at the location in St. Paul like right by where I was living Mm -hmm. so there was a point in time where once I moved back to Plymouth after a month I was driving from Plymouth to St. Paul and then to Uptown so I'd go to there I'd work and then I'd go to the bar during the weekends Mm -hmm. at night and that was when I was 20... 22 23 that time frame and then i had a brief stint where i did another security gig in uptown um 2016 did it for almost a year and then i was just like i gotta stop doing this so it was like the extra money is not that great and it's just you know mm-hmm. you never it's, it, it can be fun but 
you just get kind of get tired of it after a while. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I guess just kind of go on with, uh, I guess, more of an introduction of yourself school-wise. I know you said you were living in Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, that kind of thing. Uh, do you mind sharing any uh, any fun stories from, like, say, say middle school? Did you end up doing any activities or have any uh, excellent teachers? Uh Gosh, I mean, I had good teachers. I'm not. I just, I don't know about the stories that jump out to me. It would just be the overall like experiences as a whole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, if as you know, you know me now. I'm very active into sports, working out, that kind of stuff. I was the polar opposite. <laughs> uh, probably, well, more high school, but you know, elementary school and middle school, I played sports did taekwondo football baseball hockey Mm -hmm. then i was also in band (laughs) very nice nothing wrong with that fifth grade nothing wrong with that (laughs) yeah i mean there's a handful of teachers that i can remember the names of but the one that i the ones that really stuck out to me were some elementary school teachers Mm -hmm. so i one of them i remember his name is mr westby and i feel like he just won like an award for like teacher of the year in minnesota or something really a couple years ago i think don't quote me on that it's, it's he he was recognized for something but he was a really good teacher of mine i remember he helped me out a lot just not even academically he was just one of the nicer te- like fifth grade walk in shoot the shit with him mm-hmm. i remember specifically him and i would talk about news radio do you remember that show i do yeah i, I loved it when i was a kid i'd watch that in the <laughs> simpsons and he would just talk about the simpsons and news radio with me and i'd always emulate like imitate phil hartman from news radio so when i'd see my teacher mr westby i'd say what's going on chief or hey chief because that's what he used to say (laughs) to the man manager his name was dave in that show okay okay so i mean yeah i a lot of the way i acted was very influenced by television and movies when Mm. i grew up because that was a huge part of my life. Right, right. So I guess uh, kind of sticking with school, mm-hmm. like I've had everybody else do so far on this podcast, mm-hmm. I had you fill out a little bit of a questionnaire for me. Mm-hmm. And in here, uh, you say your favorite subjects are high school and social, or were high school and or history and social studies. There we go. <laughs> high school and social studies, apparently. In uh, high school, yeah, it was history and social studies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... Uh, I've always been the, ever since I was younger, I've always enjoyed history in the sense of kind of putting myself in that place in time and kind of imagining what it was like. Mm-hmm. Like, it's weird for me to picture being around in the 1930s and 40s or being around during the time of World War II, like putting yourself in that time frame, but, you know, seeing it the way it was in real life back then, not seeing like black and white choppy videos or pictures of it Mm -hmm. trying to experience what it was really like so you know going to historical i don't even know landmarks i guess you call it or like you know if i had the option to because i'm really intrigued by world war ii stuff so like if i ever get the chance i wouldn't mind going to i don't know something like it sounds dark but you know auschwitz going and visiting there just to get an idea of what was it like to be you know around during this time or kind of get an idea of what it was like during I mean, it sounds mm-hmm. terrible. I'm not saying, like, what was it like to be in Auschwitz, obviously, but, you know. Just to try to understand the impact that it had yes. in, on history itself. Right. Like, something, you know, putting yourself 
in that moment and trying to imagine what it was like. Not just that, but even, you know, brighter times in history. Even mm-hmm. that, like, I went to Philadelphia a couple of years ago, and I think it's Independence Hall, is mm-hmm. it called? I was, like, just imagining. I'm like, wow, this is where so much stuff happened. I'm literally standing where history was made. Right, right. Like, stuff like that. But, yeah, so I've always just enjoyed trying to imagine what it was like and just learning about how the world has changed over the years and everything. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. So you went to, you said went to Philadelphia, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you visit any other kind of historical sites in that? Uh, we went to Independence Hall, uh, saw the Liberty Bell, mm-hmm. which, by the way, they don't give a dang about there. They just don't care because we were in an Uber, <laughs> me and... Uh, who I was with at the time, and I asked him, I was like, so what's it like? What's the what's the Liberty Bell like? Because that's where we were going. We were getting dropped off in that general area to kind of walk around Philly mm-hmm. and see all the historical sites. And guy's just like, big bell with a crack in it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I was like, thanks. Thanks for that. Right. Uh, we went to that, went to Independence Hall. There's a couple, you know, like lower tier museums, I would say. It's nothing. We didn't go to any... I don't think any big name ones that I can remember. I mean, we Independence Hall, Liberty Bell, and then we went to the Art Center, the Rocky Steps. Okay. Yep. I think it's what it, it's an Art Center. I think originally where the steps are. Yep. Yep. And then we saw the Rocky statue. I took a video of me. They actually have footprints where he stood and like did his his jump and victory. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, his uh, victory bounce at the top of the stairs. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty fun. It was kind of cool, like, standing on top of that. Again, it comes down to history. Like, wow, this is where Sylvester Stallone was when he right. made that iconic shot in Rocky. Yeah, and it kind of goes with your other interest in, you know, movies and everything like that, too. And, mm-hmm. you know, movies that have defined generations, really. Right. Yeah, and then, so, other than that, uh, well, it's not in Philly, because after that, we took a train and went to... Um, Atlantic City, mm-hmm. and that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's all the casinos and stuff, right? Yeah, it's like mini Las Vegas, except it's like right on a pier, mm. so you can like walk the the well. What would I call it? Would it be called a pier? Boardwalk or yeah, boardwalk. That's it. That's it. Yeah, the boardwalk. I knew it was something else. I was like, ah, it's like right down, it's right along the beach. There's stores and everything, mm-hmm. but it was in like April, so it wasn't that great of weather. Mm. But it was kind of nice. I mean, it was like sixty degrees there, really, as opposed okay. to it being, I think it was like forty or fifty here at the time. Right, right. But yeah, yeah it was it was fun. Okay, okay, um, yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, going from there, uh, I kind of want to actually switch it over a little sure. bit to something that you already talked about as well as mm-hmm. uh some of your work that you've done uh and i know you said that the the company that you're with right now is basically the longest that you've been at a at any place yeah um on and off for for 12 years but <laughs> yeah like very brief periods of off because i always find myself coming back mm-hmm. but for the most part yeah i've been with the same company working my way up for like the last 12 years yeah it was actually act, it was my 12 year anniversary two days ago well congratulations <laughs> yep thank you <laughs> uh so other than you know the the current job uh any previous jobs have you 
Have you ever quit or been laid off or fired, anything like that? Oh, God. I mean, so I started at the company I'm with when I was 18, right? Mm -hmm. You can't imagine. I had so many jobs from 16 to 18. It was unreal. Like when I tell people, (laughs) so on my resume, it looks good. Because they're like, wow, you've been with the same company for so long and yada, yada. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, this is the only one that matters because I'm not going to put all the other, you know, Mm -hmm. part-time high school gigs that I had when I was 16 to 18 years old where I was, in all honesty, uh, kind of a crud. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of adult. So, I mean, and I fully admit it. I Mm -hmm. always look at myself when year after year after year after year, it's like I look at myself the previous year and I'm like, wow, I was kind of an idiot. I shouldn't have done this or I should have done more of this. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. it's just you grow up, kind of realize, yep, I was kind of an immature little jerk back then. That's a nice way to put it. Well, I mean, I didn't take, I don't want to have to have you bleep a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. Appreciate it. I know. I think that's why nowadays I get so frustrated with like teenagers and kids. Mm -hmm. Full disclosure, I get very (laughs) short fused with them. But it's mainly because I'm like, you could even say it's projecting. I see myself in them and I'm like, gosh, I'm like, I just know how much I probably annoyed people when I was in that stage. And I, some of the stuff they do, Mm -hmm. me and my friends would do some of that, like in certain situations. And I know back in the day, it's like, we did it because we thought it was funny and cool and we're trying to get attention. Even though back then you say, I don't care what anyone thinks, I'm just having fun. It's like, no, you're you're doing it for attention. Mm -hmm. And you know darn well you're doing it for attention or trying to get a laugh mm-hmm. out of people. But for me, I can ignore, I can admit that. But going back to that, yeah, when I was... First jobs I ever had were... Uh, I was a cart boy slash bagger at Rainbow. Okay. Then I was a cart boy at Cub. <laughs> then, let's see, without going into too much detail, I worked at um, Best Buy, Target, Subway, Mongo's Grill... <laughs> uh where else did i work gnc wow okay there's yeah there's a handful of them uh i got hired at panera for one day and then i never showed up as you know (laughs) i worked at the movie theater for a day and then i quit Mm -hmm. because that was when i was 18 and everyone i was working with was like 14 and 15 years old i was like uh this ain't it (laughs) right right so yeah i kind of wandered just all over the place and then i think me getting hired at where i'm at now kind of set in motion a path moving forward because then it kind of you know tied in everything else that i do nowadays as far as like the hobbies that i'm into and the people that i've mm-hmm. come into contact and stayed in contact with over the years and everything if that makes sense okay yeah no absolutely absolutely with those jobs i'm guessing there are some bosses that you kind of butted heads with uh, yeah, there was some I didn't necessarily enjoy. I don't know if there was any that I outright disliked or hated, though. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't even... I mean... No work stories of uh, where they ask you to do something and you're like, well, this is just stupid. I'm not going to do it this way. And then... I mean, there was times where when I was a cart pusher, they'd be like, oh, they'd be like, go fetch carts when it was like a blizzard outside and I'd be like no i was like i can't even move them like you go get them or something like that you know just being a little little dill rod so <laughs> but other than that I don't, I don't know not specifically or anything anyone that i can outright 
think that I was just like, oh, God, I hated this person. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, no, no one, no one directly. I actually got along with a lot of my bosses. Okay, well, if you got along with them, are there any bosses that you've had at, say, previous positions that you're still in contact with? That's a good question. Uh, not really, though, no. Okay, okay. Maybe, no, yeah, no, none that I'm, like, none that I'm... Yeah, no. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I know you said that you worked at a, at the movie theater for a day. And, yep. Uh, full disclosure, you are a, a co-host with me on the other podcast that we I have. I think they know that. Yeah. But <laughs> so I'd have to say that movies are a pretty big part of your life. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite movie? Of all time? Of all time. Uh, it'd probably be Infinity War. Okay. Okay. Avengers: Infinity War. For those who don't uh, know, <laughs> so one of the one of the Marvel movies that came out not too long ago here. Right. Okay. Um, and I tell you, you ended up seeing it opening night. Yeah. Did you uh, go with a group of people or? It was me, my girlfriend, my buddy, and then another one of our friends and his wife. Mm-hmm. And I remember the tickets went on sale like I think it was. It wasn't that far in advance. It was like a month or two eight weeks i think something like that okay. i just remember they released that that final trailer and then as soon as the trailer ended it was like tickets on sale now and i texted my buddy i'm like do you want to go to do Inf- do you want to go to infinity war with us i'm getting tickets right now <laughs> and then i bought them and we went and saw it and then i saw it four more times and oh that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it was just the one i don't know i'd never gone to a movie and been so like blown away by it mm-hmm. i was just straight up like wow I I could see that again right after. I could have walked out of the theater, took a piss, walked right back in and watched it again. How was was your theater's experience for that opening night? As far as I remember, I think it was was good in the sense that nobody was being an outright jerk, Mm -hmm. talking or looking at their phone, which that is a whole other discussion we can get into. But um, I think it was good energy from what I remember. I don't remember there being a whole... A lot of like cheering and rah rah rah, you know what I mean? It wasn't like the Captain America when he grabbed Mjolnir in Endgame, where every time I went and saw that in theaters, the whole crowd just erupted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think people cheered when Thor came to Wakanda when he came down. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, mean, there were some people you could hear in the background like, oh, but it wasn't like, yeah, when. You know, like the Captain America moment. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I feel like for Infinity War itself, it's not really like a cheering kind of movie. It it is um, more of the Empire Strikes Back. You know, at the end of it, they're they haven't won. They've they've lost. You know, they're they're kind of backed into a corner. They've lost that battle. You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember there was that like at the end after the snap when. People started, the heroes started dissolving and disappearing. I do remember everyone was kind of, there was like murmurs and whispers like, like, oh my God, like what? And all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as crowd reactionary as Endgame was. Okay. Okay. Because that was just like a whole bunch of stuff, you know, like Captain America again, mm-hmm. bringing that back up or <laughs> my theater cheered when thanos yeeted captain marvel when he took the power stone and punched her off off the screen and then 
Yeah, there was just there's more, you know, because I, I mean, Endgame is way more fan servicey. Mm-hmm. So of course, people are gonna get a little more into that and that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, Infinity War is my my number one film and my obviously number one MCU film. Gotcha, gotcha. I guess kind of kind of sticking with this line, mm-hmm. uh, going from movies to just in general TV shows. What would be your favorite TV show? of all time i it's tied because i can't well i don't know it's hard to say i would say if you had to go gun to my head of all time you got to pick one it would be the simpsons just because that's what i grew up with i'm re-watching it right now all of them on disney plus and every single episode and stuff i'm just saying to myself wow i remember this and they're almost better now that i'm older because there's so much more nuanced things that you don't pick up on or realize when you're a kid Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i'm like wow i can't even imagine if i was you know in my 30s and the 90s growing up like being an adult watching this show how much more i would have even enjoyed it right i don't know if is it just because well actually it's probably not because i was thinking to myself is it just nostalgia that i like it so much that i grew up with it Mm. or is it really that good but i'm watching it now and i'm like this is actually really really good because, you know, there's some stuff you watch when you're a kid, and you watch it when you're older, and you're like, yeah, this is crap. <laughs> yep. No, absolutely. But no, The Simpsons, I'm like, I like it even better, because there's so much more stuff I pick up on. But then that, uh, it'd be probably that, and then, like, I'd say, like, Dexter and Breaking Bad okay. are okay. kind of the other two. They're, like, neck and neck tied. But Simpsons would be, you know, top of the podium for sure, and then, like, at a level two would be... Dexter and Breaking Bad. Because Breaking Bad was good all throughout, and Dexter kind of fizzled off. So That's what I've heard, yeah. Uh, so I, I guess kind of going on here as well, uh, bringing it back actually to a previous episode, when we were talking to Travis, he had said that his favorite genre was metal. And I, I know that you had put the same thing. Have you ever been to any concerts for any of the metal bands that you like? I used to go to an exorbitant amount of concerts. Like what? Well, so are we going to include the ones that I performed in? Because I was in a metal band. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> like, what, what was the name of your metal band? Our band name was Sanitarium. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good name for a metal band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so What'd you end up playing for the band? I, I played guitar. Okay, okay. But it started as, I think we were like 14 I don't even know why. I mean, me and my buddy, the same, my buddy Kai, I'll just say his name, same one who I've referenced a couple times in this already. I think we, we were in like eighth grade and we, even before then, we'd listen to Linkin Park and mm-hmm. we got really into, gosh, I don't even know what really started it, but it was probably around like eighth grade and ninth grade. We were listening to Smile Empty Soul and Good Charlotte and all that stuff. And I think one day we were just like, hey, we should, we should start a band we should just learn to play instruments and start a band and my dad had an old guitar like an old fender that i just started learning how to play and i learned how to read tabs and then eventually got some lessons and it just kind of grew from there very nice but we were like terrible in ninth grade with his our mutual friend he had a drum set so he by default was the drummer (laughs) and then my buddy kai i was just like you learn how to play bass i'm gonna learn how to play guitar and it just kind of grew and then come like 11th grade we just progressively got into more different 
harder, mm. <laughs> more intense music. And obviously we got better and better and better at our instruments. And we found some different, you know, band members. We found new drummer people for vocals and all that kind of stuff. But the one that stayed constant was me and uh, Kai. And then he eventually actually became our vocalist. And the newer drummer who we had brought on, he had a friend who played bass and he joined in. Okay. But it just kind of progressed into, yeah, more of that heavy metalcore kind of stuff. So we got more into bands like As I Lay Dying, Kill Switch Engage, okay. like Lamb of God, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yep, it was just, yep. it, we progressively just changed our sound over time. I mean, I wish I still had the recordings from the very first stuff we recorded, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of change in two years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the, the condensed story about it, but... <laughs> Yeah, so as we got older, we played in different places. Used to play at, like, The Quest. Uh, We played at first, well, 7th, not 1st Avenue, 7th Street. I can't remember what it's called, 7th Street Entry or something like that. It's, like, the smaller venue attached to 1st Avenue. Okay, okay. Played there, played at this place called, I think it was called The Rock. It's in Woodbury or something, White Bear Lake, The Rock. Okay. It was Triple Rock. We played at this place called The Noose. (laughs) toy box uh there's a skate park in rogers we used to play at which had a, which had a stage and like an actual like concert place in it yep yep a lot of those places aren't even around anymore uh but i believe it was called showcase was the name of it okay showcase rogers skate park and it was it was actually a pretty popular venue at the time for i mean that scene mm-hmm. you know hardcore post-hardcore kind of metal band so like this was when we were this was 2006 to 2009 time frame. This was kind of the the scene kid era, if you know what that is. So the dudes with long black hair covering half their face and, mm-hmm. you know, the skinny jeans when they weren't the social norm right. at the time. Skater shoes, colorful band shirts, wristband, wrist bracelets, wristbands, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Eyeshadow, guyliner, that kind of stuff. We weren't that. We were, so we were kind of, so we were more into like the, I guess you could call it like the pure metal. I'm not going to get into the nuance and anyone listening to this who knows the history of this stuff, I'm not going to get into the nuance of specific types of metal and, you know, the elitism of certain types of music. I'll just specify it as the heavier, more straight, you know, straight to the point, just metal Mm -hmm, music. mm -hmm. And then there was kind of that scene uh, you know, like the hardcore emo post like My Chemical Romance, that mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So we we were kind of, you know, like I said, being a adult back in the day, I thought I was all cool because we'd be like, no, that's so stupid. We just wear regular blue jeans and r- like black t-shirts and hats and we're just normal dudes playing heavy music. Like we don't we don't do all that stupid emo stuff and even and we had like another they're kind of acquaintances of ours. They were like a rival band and they mm-hmm. actually ended up getting, you know, bigger than we did, but they were pretty big on the scene. Their name was Emiliana. People who live in Minnesota might remember them, but they were kind of, the best way I could describe it is not saying they were very good. They're amazingly talented band, but at the time it was kind of like we were the dark side and they were the light. Like they were Jedi, we were Sith, that kind of thing. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Cause like, you know, we, we, there's a mutual respect for, but there was always that rivalry. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, some people would, not anyone specifically in the bands, but you know, followers of ours and theirs would kind of talk smack 
about one or the other, vice versa, that kind gotcha, of stuff. Gotcha. But I mean, looking back, it's like it was great. <laughs> it was fun to have. So do you still play uh, play guitar when you can, or? Yeah, I've been debating going and buying a new guitar for like the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I play not nearly as often as I used to, but yeah, like I said, I I mean, today my original plan was to go to guitar center and buy a new guitar but then i was like mm, i'm actually gonna get that speaker i was looking at getting <laughs> but apparently that speaker you can play guitar through it so i'm like well it'd be a nice new guitar amp kind right. of but right. we'll see what happens i'm gonna journey over there later today and see what they have and see what racks up my credit card debt <laughs> very nice not really though i have a i have a guitar center specific credit card so <laughs> opened it up a little while back again with the idea of I say, ah, I'm going to get a guitar. I'll just pay it off like over a couple months or whatever. And then we'll call it good. And then I just chickened out and never did it because mm. I don't, I don't want to be in a ton of debt. Right. Not that I am right now, but I'm just in general. The idea is like, I don't want to rack up more and more and more and more because, you know, you got some credit cards that I use frequently, but I tend to pay most of them off or, you know, just keep a little bit on them. Mm. So the thought of me charging like one or two thousand dollars for a guitar i was just kind of like, yeah i should hold off gotcha gotcha um so i guess uh we kind of really didn't get into it other than i mean you went into your band but have you ever oh, yeah, gone my, to watch any other big name bands or any concerts anything like that or oh yeah so uh back to the main point <laughs> yeah i've seen tons uh some of the ones i mentioned earlier that influenced us as our band is you know Lamb of God, I've seen like Slipknot, Metallica, mm-hmm. uh, Kill Switch Engage, Trivium, As I Lay Dying, Unearth, Dragon Force, Atreyu. Um, gosh, Leonard Skinner, that was the first concert I ever went to. Really? I've been to Luke Bryan, I've been to <laughs> what would you say, Brad Paisley, Lincoln Park. What would you say was the best Lincoln Park. Con- I knew that's what you were going to ask. As soon as I kind of, I, I accidentally cut you off. Because no, I just good. remembered Lincoln Park, but yes, hands down, Lincoln Park is the best concert, plural, I've ever been to. Really? They just are amazing live. They literally sound flawless, mm-hmm. and they just put on a good show. I mean, it's, I don't know, maybe it's the nostalgia thing, like, because they're the first band I ever bought a CD of where I listened to every single song on their album and was like, I love every single song. Which one was that one? Hybrid Theory. Okay. Every late 20s early to mid 30 year olds gateway to metal <laughs> album no it's uh that that may be the same for me but uh <laughs> but yeah that yeah there i saw actually yeah i saw them the last time they ever came here which was at the state fair a couple years ago okay it was the, them in 30 seconds to mars really mm-hmm. okay jared leto before he became the joker and ruined his career not really ruined his career but <laughs> he became a meme yeah yeah <laughs> kind of sticking with with hobbies and things like that mm-hmm. uh do you have any other hobbies that you kind of take part in you know the, other than like your band and everything like that well i don't play in a band anymore but i still <laughs> i still play guitar mm-hmm. and i do a podcast with you <laughs> go figure a weekly podcast called movies are a thing check it out <laughs> and Obviously, the big one is powerlifting. Okay. So I compete. Yeah, I would say it's competitive, but it's recreationally because I'm mm-hmm. not doing it at an elite level. Like, I'm not going to a national or world level competition. So I just tell people, like, yeah, I compete in powerlifting. 
Okay. Recreationally. <laughs> Even though my next competition, I'm doing Midwest regionals. So in that case, if I lift enough, so for those who don't know, we'll do a quick uh, cliff notes on powerlifting. You get to three lifts, squat, bench, deadlift. And basically the objective is to lift the heaviest amount you can for one rep on all three of them. And then combined all three of those for your total. So your heaviest attempt at each, you get three attempts at each. Mm. Three squat attempts, three bench attempts, three deadlift attempts. And your heaviest one goes towards your total. And then if you have a high enough total, you either win or you whatever you're doing. You can qualify for other meets or win your weight class or win best overall lifter, that kind of stuff. But so regionals, if I put up a high enough total for my weight class... I can qualify to go to nationals, which it would be fun. I would get my butt whooped, but <laughs> it would still be fun to do it. Very nice. But that's, nice. again, why I say I do it recreationally. Uh, how long have you been specifically powerlifting? Since 2017, because before that I did bodybuilding and like physique shows. And then just realized one day I was like, you know what? I, I really just like lifting heavy and I enjoy training more. I mainly like squatting, benching, and deadlifting. <laughs> I was like, I think powerlifting is more my kind of thing. My thing. Okay. Okay. Have you ever won uh, any awards for either one? My first meet I ever did for powerlifting, I broke a state record for deadlift, and then I got second place there, and then my most recent meet, I got second place in my weight class. And then the other one, what's the one I did last summer? Twin Cities Open. I got like ninth, I think, out of 12 guys, but it was like the most stacked class I'd ever seen. It was literally like some of the best uh, guys in my weight class in the country. <laughs> wow. At that one local meet. Right. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to try and have the best meet I can. And I hit all my lifts. Oh, nice. So it's like a, in powerlifting, it's considered, you know, a lot of people like to go nine for nine, they call it. So you hit all three of your attempts on each lift. So that was the first time I ever did that. I hit every single lift because I was like, well, I don't really need to try and... I was like, I knew I wasn't going to get top three or even five or medal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I may as well just try and give myself another, a different moral victory <laughs> of some kind. And it's not like I just sandbagged it and just made sure I lifted enough to hit all my lifts. They, they were hard. Each third attempt was pretty hard. But yeah, that was a good one. And then there was one last year I did where... I bombed out, so that means you miss all three attempts on a certain lift, mm. and so you can't post a total. You can finish the meet, but you can't, like, it doesn't go down on, you know, the record books for that um, sanctioned powerlifting meet that you posted a total. Right. It just says you're disqualified, and that was because my butt kept coming off of the bench, even though I still have some discrepancies with those calls, but hey, <laughs> as someone who took the practical test for being a judge for powerlifting in that in that same federation. I can now understand it. But at the time, I was kind of upset because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I disagreed with it. But then once I did the practical exam for the same federation to become a judge or a ref, I was like, oh, okay, I was like, yeah, now I kind of get it. I was like, ah, yeah, whatever. Water under the bridge. Very nice, very nice. Uh, kind of going into not necessarily stories, but what you would like what would be your your dream job i would say so my dream job up until i was in high school is to be a professional wrestler <laughs> which kind of goes hand in hand with uh i mean my love for movies mm-hmm. 
wouldn't wouldn't hate being an actor because I mean I still think I could I I feel like a lot of people think they can act. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like oh I'd love to be an actor, but it's a lot harder than people think. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, not to toot my own horn. I legitimately think if I was offered a role in a movie or a television show, that I would do very well at it. And that's not me being arrogant. That's just me <laughs> being very confident in myself and my abilities. I would say being an actor, that, or being a strength and conditioning coach for an NFL team. So if any NFL teams are listening, uh, just go ahead and contact Alan here. You know, yep, second place, local powerlifting meets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you coach a couple of people on on different things for that kind of thing i've trained pro athletes before yes actually individually yep that's why i went to atlantic city I was coaching a professional boxer not for like i wasn't teaching him how to box but i was his strength coach okay okay <laughs> so i was making him stronger and faster i wasn't <laughs> teaching him how to box uh okay so professional boxer any other sports that you've coached or not coached, but strength coached i guess professionally mm. I mean, I wouldn't say I was his actual trainer, but I've I've done a session with Larry Fitzgerald before. Really? You know, just kind of ha- like he came and worked out, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But it wasn't like a long-term thing. It was a one-time ordeal. Like, all right, let's do this, this, and that. And But it wasn't anything, you know, all right, see you next week, Larry. We're going to do this and work on this. But well, I mean, that's pretty awesome, though. Yeah, like- I would say so. I was pretty <laughs> starstruck at the time. But he's local, so he mm. was he's from Minnesota, so... Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So you've so you've met a couple of professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could meet anybody, living or dead, who would it be? Probably Tom Brady. <laughs> Any particular reason why? He's just my favorite athlete of all time. Okay, okay. Like, what kind of stuff would you ask him? Oh, God, I don't even know. <laughs> ask him for his autograph. <laughs> his Super Bowl 51 jersey. Right. <laughs> that was stolen and then expedited back from mexico really yeah there's a documentary you find it on youtube or hulu there's a whole documentary about how this guy stole his super bowl 51 jersey so i don't know if you're aware that's the one where he came back from 28 to 3 Mm. in one in overtime okay okay And there's this guy i guess who had somehow gotten press passes for all these years and he had like stolen a bunch of stuff like jerseys and he had von miller's super bowl helmet from a couple years one year prior to that and somehow got in the locker room swiped tom brady's jersey and Hmm. brought it down he was like a he was like a manager he was some kind of lead guy at a mexican newspaper or something like that and i guess he was talking with other collectors on ebay or something and he showed this guy who happened to be like a hardcore pats fan and collector as well he's like yeah i have the tom brady jersey from super bowl 59 or 49 against the uh seahawks because brady had lost that jersey too mm-hmm. <laughs> and this guy had also gotten a hold of that somehow so this guy saw that he had that jersey and he said to himself he's like well i'm assuming if he has that he's gotta have the super bowl 51 jersey and then from there just kind of s- steamrolled and one thing led to another and the guy got caught and wow and they got the jerseys back wow <laughs> we got to give it to the guy that's that's pretty ballsy. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Not that I, I, I don't know exactly what I would ask him right off the top of my head. Aside from his autograph and right, let me right. get a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you got that uh, 51, I'll, I'll take that, you know. I mean, I've got a jersey. It's not one he ever wore, but I've got a jersey of his framed. <laughs> right, right. Uh, 
so I do kind of want to go back a little bit more to, I guess, childhood through today mm. uh, and kind of going a little bit of a different direction, uh, but pets. Mm. And did you have any pets or anything growing up? Oh, yeah. I've always grown up with two dogs and two cats, like my entire life, up until, well, I mean, now I have two dogs and a cat. But there was like a brief period of time where I was kind of living on my own or with roommates where we didn't have pets. But pretty much my whole life, I've always had two dogs and two cats. Okay. And now sort of honoring that tradition, but just one cat because the dogs don't leave them alone. Right. <laughs> so growing up, what were your pets' names? Uh, So when I was like a baby, baby, like really young, but I still remember them. We had two huskies, uh, Farah and Tasha. And then after they past two dot i can't even remember what fox terrier poodles i want to say they were sparky and cody okay and then sparky passed away and then we got dusty who was a german short hair and then cody passed away and then once so dusty was basically my dad's dog mm-hmm. and then he yeah that was like kind of just his dog and then what who else oh yeah so my brother and his wife got pepper but i really wouldn't quantify that as my dog because i had not i wasn't living in the house when they got that dog and then there was another dog athena which is also more their dog so i guess my time with dogs growing up probably ended with dusty okay okay and nowadays ganon and gamora my two pit bulls oh and Diggs, the, uh, <laughs> the cat who after recent strain of events might have to change his name well maybe not maybe not so if we draft his brother we i can leave the name (laughs) very nice very nice so i guess uh kind of switching gears a little bit here again it's usually what i do uh Mm -hmm. has there any been been any point in your life where you've just been terrified of anything oh yeah um a few years back i think it was like so to give myself a back give this story a backstory um essentially from eighth grade up until end of high school i got really 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 fat (laughs) we'll just we'll call it what it is uh very out of shape very overweight and middle of senior year i decided to actually start like working so that's why i said earlier when i was younger i was into sports and active and stuff and Mm -hmm. then once i got into high school It was the whole getting into a band thing. (laughs) Uh, Just was kind of lazy. Didn't literally didn't work out at all. Mm -hmm. And just got really out of shape. So then halfway through senior year, got a gym membership, started working out again, got more serious and consistent about it. Ended up losing a ton of weight really, really fast, like over 100 pounds in like eight months. So had a lot of loose skin hmm. best way i describe it is like you ever remember the scene from click not really with adam sandler where he's, he was really fat and then he loses the weight and he's got the flap or whatever i don't really remember that but i, I know what you're talking about yeah so it was kind of like that and essentially for my own self-esteem i wanted to get rid of it because i was like well lost all this weight and hmm. i'm like more embarrassed to you know, go without my shirt than I was when I was fatter or larger. Mm-hmm. We'll just say fatter. I don't care. That's it's. I'm talking about myself. I could say it how I want. Um, <laughs> when I was overweight, so I was like, all right, well, we got to do something about this. So I ended up meeting with 
surgeon who, long story short, gave me a tummy tuck and sewed me right up. So now I got a big old pizza cutter scar from hip to hip. But essentially after that, after I had the surgery, I ended up getting a hematoma. And keep in mind before this, so I had to have a second surgery because of that. But keep in mind before this, I had like never had any major operations or anything involving a doctor. I'd never been really, really sick or anything. Mm -hmm. So I think having that surgery kind of like opened me up and made me to myself more vulnerable because I was like, okay, I kept thinking to myself, I just got sliced open and these people were literally inside me like plucking around, doing whatever they need to do. And then I already had one thing go wrong. And then after that, I became kind of a hypochondriac for like six months. And I don't know why. Probably because I had surgery and I'd never had surgery mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. So I had convinced myself, and I don't know how it like tied all the way over to this, but uh, I'd convinced myself that I had cancer, <laughs> testicular cancer to be precise, because I was just, you know, hypochondriac. So anytime something would go wrong, what would I do? What's the number one thing you don't do? Go to WebMD. Yep. So I, I think I went down a rabbit hole and keep in mind, this is like... I should have known better because, mm-hmm. you know, I studied physiology and I know about the human body and whatnot. I was just like, oh, yeah, I should start, you know, I'm like, I'm getting older. I'm in my mid 20s. I got to start checking myself. So I gave myself, you know, the self-check thought I felt something air quotes. Mm-hmm. So I went and saw a urologist like three days later, gave me the check himself. And he goes, yeah, that's your epididymis. <laughs> and for those who don't know what that is, just Google it. <laughs> and I was like, oh. He's like, yeah, you're fine. Mm. But there was like a point in time for probably like six months where I convinced myself something was wrong. I was like, oh, this happened. This has to be this. Or I kept thinking I was dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was because I had that surgery. Okay. And I feel like I feel like it was because I had the surgery that I felt more open to attacks, I guess, would be the best way to put it. But yeah, convinced myself I had cancer. <laughs> yeah, that would, uh, that would be, that'd be pretty scary. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Going from from terrifying to exciting, what what would you say has been the the most exciting point in your life? Probably buying my house. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't you never think you're going to be able to do it. Like when you're younger, or I mean, looking back, like look at those times we talked about earlier when I was just a a wart of a human being from 16 to 18, just being lazy and jumping from job to job. I was terrible with money. Let's mm. throw that out there too. I didn't start saving like legitimately saving money until I was probably 27 years old. But yeah, so didn't start legitimately saving until I was 27. I was 29 when I bought my house. So just goes to show you what what could I have done had I been smarter with my money throughout high school and college in my early 20s, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know, just all that, especially with like my history, I was bought the house and i was like i can't believe this i was like how did how did i manage this well me and my significant other bought the house i should throw that out there i didn't do it all on my own but still buying the house once we got the keys and sometimes it's kind of still surreal to me Mm -hmm. i'll be you know walking through or you know doing yard work in the summer just cleaning something up quick and i'm just like this is my house i still can't believe like you son of a you did it (laughs) (laughs) now we're already talking about Oh, in a couple of years, we're going to sell it and we're going to upgrade to our forever home. Mm-hmm. You know, most people, they buy their starter house or their first house is always the one they start with. And then they 
sell it and use the money they make off of it to move into their forever Forever. home. So the fact that we're even already talking about that, because let's see, October, it'll be two years that we've had the house already. Wow. You remember that day. Oh, yeah. No, I I remember. I remember. But yeah, then after October, not that we're going to, we're going to wait longer, of course, but after October, we don't have to pay capital gains tax if we want to sell it. There you go. (laughs) Uh, So I know you're, you were just actually talking about her, uh, your significant other. Mm-hmm. How'd you guys meet? Uh, so I won't, I won't put her name out there, but just so she doesn't get, you know, embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Cause when I tell this story, it's kind of funny, but <laughs> she essentially worked at the gym I was working at and I could just tell she was, I don't want to say creeping, but let's just say I got, I could tell that she was interested mm-hmm. and I caught on really quick. So, I think it was, so no, she, what, I'm trying to remember what happened first. If I started following her on, oh yeah, I started, I think I started following her on Instagram and then she added me on Facebook. Yeah, and so one night I just, was like, you know what, screw this. Just messaged her on Instagram. Then we hung out and it just went from there. It's literally what it was. It was just like, I was like, I know, I can tell. Like, I had never in my life been so sure, like... (laughs) She's interested. I'm also interested. What's up? <laughs> literally how it went. Like, this literally, I can't remember if she added me first or if I started following her. One way or another, it was like, Cliff Notes, I could tell, connected on social media, went for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the rest is history. And it's been like three, yeah, a little over three years now. So Very nice. Uh, so we didn't meet on a dating app. So that's more than most people can say nowadays. Right, right. Uh so I guess, uh, is there anything that you guys, like any, any trips that you guys have been on or uh, any just little vacations or anything that you guys have, have done that, you know, you've got some good stories from? The only trip, well, we went to Vegas this summer for our friend's wedding. And every summer we go to California to visit my dad, who lives in Southern California. So, I mean, I think those are the only trips we've gone on. As far as like flying goes, I mean, we drove to North Dakota together for my powerlifting meet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, no, she didn't go to Kansas City with me. That was me and Kai again. But yeah, mainly like California every year. And then we went to Vegas. And this past year, we went to Vegas and then to California from Vegas. And then, yeah, just stuff down there, like going to wineries. We went to Disneyland, all that fun, super expensive stuff. Right, right. All righty. Well, I guess if you guys do take a trip, say, out of country, what would be a, a country that you would like to visit? We're actually planning on going to Ireland next year. Really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty sweet. Her, me, and then some friends. So I was like, Ireland, I was like, you know, pretty neutral, mm-hmm. safe country. Don't got to worry about much. Go drink some Irish, like, you know, go check out some Irish pubs, see the mm-hmm. cliffs of Dover, check out some castles. All that fun stuff. All right. Well, I guess since you're already planning that trip, if you could go anywhere else in the world, where would you go? Or have you have you been outside of the country before? Nope. <laughs> Never left the country yet. So what I need to do is figure out the hassle of getting the the uh, the real ID from mm. this state before October, <laughs> and then I'll be good to go. But I've always wanted to go to New Zealand, but it's breathtakingly expensive. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say New Zealand. Okay. Australia or New Zealand. Okay. Okay, fantastic. Like anything there in particular that you would want to see or 
I think New Zealand would be a lot of good sightseeing. Mm-hmm. And then some of the wildlife in Australia. Okay. okay. There's a lot of it that is scary and I don't want to deal with, but there's a lot of it that I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, like a koala or a kangaroo or stuff you literally can't see anywhere else. Mm-hmm. All of the uh, most dangerous animals in the world. Yeah. I can deal with that. I'm not going to the outback. <laughs> well, I guess uh, uh, kind of sticking with animals. What is your favorite animal? Gorilla. Any particular reason why or? Mm, I just think they're, I think they're pretty BA. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're, I mean, chimps in general, mm-hmm. smart. And they're just breathtakingly strong. So, you know, me being kind of a meathead, air quotes, power <laughs> lifter, whatever, being into all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just I kind of resonate with a gorilla the most. I think I like their intelligence and they're, they're just strong and intelligent. That's, that's the main thing. Then I always would get into a debate with an old acquaintance about who would win in a fight. A gorilla, full-grown silverback gorilla or a grizzly bear. Hmm. And I'd always say a gorilla. Yeah, I can see it. Well, what would you say? Honestly, probably gorilla. Yeah, that's what I said. He said, <laughs> no. He said, there's no way. I'm like, oh, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure he would. Alrighty. Well, I think I think it's about that time that we can start wrapping some stuff up here. Mm-hmm. Basically, I just have a couple more questions like, yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. If you think about even just 10 years ago and the way that you were then, and you could... You could just talk to yourself and tell yourself one thing from 10 years ago. What would it be? Save your money. <laughs> Stop spending it on stupid stuff. Not even that. It's just that I would get money and I'd have to spend it. Mm. I'd have no rhyme or reason. I would find a way to spend it. Like I'd be like, oh, I have this much money. Hey, I've been wanting to get this. Now I can finally buy it because I have enough money. And then just drain my account to zero. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just dumb. <laughs> I was very stupid with money. Alrighty, and then I guess uh, just kind of one last question here for you. If you could, if you could talk to one person that you're no longer able to, who would it be? It'd be my mom. What would you What would you tell her? God, I don't even know. Just want to talk to her. I don't know what I'd say in in particular, but just to have a conversation with her. Uh, do you mind me asking for the podcast here why Why you're not able to? Yeah, she passed away in 2015, so she had breast cancer that was caught too late and it had you know spread and once it made her way to her brain that's when it was like you know not gonna be able to mm-hmm. do anything about it anymore so yeah it was like august 2015 she passed away from that okay so yeah i mean if uh, if i was able to i'd probably want to talk to the mama no absolutely absolutely it's okay people i don't get super emotional about that stuff i'm pretty good about it <laughs> Um, well, I guess other than that, I, I don't really have any other questions here for you. Um, I did want to say thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you know, it's it's always nice to be able to talk to people and you know get their stories and mm-hmm. you know find out more about them that you might not have. It's a good concept. I like the the, the idea, and that's just not that's not my bias for being a co-host on another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate that, man. And I guess also, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back with another episode and another interesting story on the next episode of What's Your Name? (laughs) 